0: Welcome to the Sober Gay Sunday podcast, a podcast about being gay and sober and not just on Sundays. In this podcast, we'll explore the ins and outs of being queer and sober in a world where drinking and using are woven into the fabric of our culture. This season, we'll be hearing the stories of addiction and recovery from sober gays from all over the world. Every story of recovery is unique in its own way, and every story deserves to be heard. So let's go. In this episode, we welcome Nick. Nick is a stylist living in Weymouth, Massachusetts, a society house member, and a grateful person in recovery. Please welcome Nick.
1: So then the pandemic hit, and that was wild. Um, that was like my first panic attack. I was like, what's happening? Um, I don't mm-hmm.
2: know
1: what to do. Like, I mean, work, and, and I also enrolled in cosmetology school there because I had to do, like, more hours. I, that stopped. Everything stopped. hmm um, and i was I was left with nothing to do but like smoke a damn pipe every day. Yeah, so I went crazy. I hundred mm-hmm. percent went crazy, because there was no accountability. there was no yeah, even even if I'm hanging out with people, like they stop, so I'll stop. But mm-hmm. like by myself, this is when I started like smoking alone, which like I swore I never would do. Mm-hmm. i I fell in love with how accessible it was and how I could just like hit somebody up, and they would just, oh my God, here, kid. And I was like, "This is great. Mm-hmm. um because I am obsessed with such a power dynamic. All the control that I never had, all I want is to like control anything. Yeah, you know, it's like a kid that like never gets anything. They want the world. Mm-hmm. Wow. um but, um, so at any capacity to to feel in to feel like a bad bitch, which I was not. but um, just to feel like I had some sort of um leverage or something over these people Mm -hmm. um i used my looks i used my body i used my i would say money for an experience i was chasing this experience of bad and like nasty and like things like i wanted that like it's dichotomy really like i wanted that opposite feeling of like my safe house my good upbringing my like sense of normalcy, I wanted out with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I was just waking up to the world. I was like, it's really a shitty place. And like, I always believed if you're a good person, like the world is going to treat you like a good person. Mm
2: -hmm. And that's just
1: not the case. Mm -hmm. So like, I was constantly disappointed. So a lot of my use just was like this internal self-harm. And like, that's a big theme of like my story is, I don't know how to communicate this. So I'm just going to like fuck myself up. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, I mean, that's, that's what it's all about. I, so I first went into treatment as like a runaway. Um, like I had a really bad incident with this guy that I was seeing. He, um, oh my God, I can't, he, he ended up. So we dated for like eight weeks or whatever. And I always felt like a weird vibe from him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's wrong with you? Like, you're really weird. And we pick fights and like, uh, talk in circles and shit that I hate. Um, And I saw him at the bar one night and I was like, he asked me to go home with him and I was like, I don't want to go home with you because I really don't care what happens to you. And that was like our big break. Mm -hmm. Um, The morning after, I get a call from his friend and she's like, did you hear what happened? I said, what? And he uh, murdered his brother that Thursday or whatever. And I'm seeing him Friday. Let's just connect that. Um, So this is when like, Reality has no choice but to break down any kind of paranoia. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just one of those moments where it's like you were next or like he definitely was inviting you over to kind of blame it on you, kill you or whatever. Um, so I ran away. I was like, I got to go. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'm Demi Lovato. I need to escape. Yep. <laughs> um, so I went into treatment in Nashville and it was, you know. Mm-hmm. Great. I'm such a trauma person, like all I want to talk about is like my pain and things like that in those settings. Let's let's Mm -hmm. be honest. Like not not anywhere else. But I'm like, if I'm in the chair, I'll talk what I need to talk about in the chair in these Mm -hmm. rooms, no problem. Once I leave, um, I was like, okay, so we can get high, right? Great. Um Mm -hmm. and that was just like my cycle of in and out of treatment, in and out of treatment. I was doing it for my dad. I was doing it for my morals. I was doing it for this lost innocence. I was I was doing it because I was really skinny and like, I didn't feel well. And like, I want to eat again. And like, just to, I wanted to gain normalcy to give it away. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. Like I, I love, love building things up and then breaking them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of just been the theme. Um, things got scarier, things got weirder. My psychosis started like really getting permanent and that was like my biggest fear. And I, I say this a lot when I share my story. Like I I gave up my body like to fight for my mind
2: because
1: mm-hmm. um, there's only so much that you can go when your brain is like pff, firing mm-hmm. off the way it does on meth. Like I was so afraid of losing my mind that I didn't care what happened to me physically. So I put mm-hmm. myself in like, really any situation because at that time I've crossed over into full-blown addiction. Um, There is no, let me regulate there. It's I have to get high to get normal, to Mm -hmm. feel bad about the whole thing again. Um, And that's just like the deep parts of like an everyday user. Mm -hmm. Um, And I remember my dad, my dad definitely like, I mean, what do you do when you see your child like killing themselves? Like there's, there's not a lecture you can have. There's Mm -hmm. like only, I forced my dad to like protect himself because I was like really jumping and and getting off into this really scary place that he didn't know how to save me from. Um, so I broke his heart like a million times. Um, I remember, so this kind of like brings me into Boston, like how I ended up here. Um, I, was up for three days and I was at my house and like, I was dealing with a lot of sexual trauma, um, period. There's just like so many things that happened to me. Um, and it just, I don't know why that morning, it just all played right in front of my face. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, re- actively reliving it. And the part of me that wanted my dad to like break through the door and like protect me and like help me, was hurt the most. And mm-hmm. I remember he just like had said something and I was like screaming at him.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he, at first he was just like, oh my God, pop. Cause he calls me pop. Mm-hmm. Um, like what's what's wrong? And I, I just like reached this limit of, it, it's too late. Like now you're asking me what's wrong. So I like, I scream with him, um, I'm throwing things. Like I start smoking a cigarette in the house. I don't know what. Um, and my dad ends up having to like step outside and he's like you know i I don't feel safe in my own home and he called the police and they came and wanted to evaluate me and of course i rejected that and so they booked me and like now i'm arrested Mm -hmm. and i'm in not like i don't know where i am who cares um but i'm in jail and it was supposed to be like this 12-hour hold Mm -hmm. That turned into 12 days. And in those 12 days, I. (laughs) In jail, like, I don't know how to say it. And I mean. I can't even explain it. Like, what the hell am I doing in jail? Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like in jail and around these people. And I have a cellmate. Thank God he's nice. And like, he believes in God and he opens this like Bible and he reads to me every night. And. I mean, there's hopeless and then there's like. I did this because there was no one else to blame because yes, I'm self-harming. Yes, I'm hurt. But like I've made these choices to destroy myself. And now I'm faced with all the consequences. Like, it's like, I feel like my karma, my fate, like caught up to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just like, I'm hurting the, the person that I love the most. And that's my dad. Um, How selfish can you be? How selfishly, self-harm can you be and like that's kind of where I separated like do you want to do this forever and like you're not 19 20 years old anymore you're 23 Mm
2: -hmm. 24
1: it's not cute anymore Mm -hmm. and I always thought like I could stop at any point but clearly I couldn't because now I'm like literally behind bars and I'm like do you you know what do you want to do um grow up absolutely Mm -hmm. grow up because nobody's life is affected except yours. Um, Mm -hmm. People feel bad for you, people feel hurt, but like their life goes on, you stay in here.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You know, do you want to get sober or do you want to be clean? Like there was a difference to me in that. Um, So I got out and I went back to using. I can't say it was like this big revelation. I didn't, I went right back to using. Um, and my dad kind of gave me a deadline and was like, okay, like, are you going to go to treatment? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I did though, I called Evoke in Florida because I was like, let's just start this all over from the top. So I go to Evoke in Florida. Um, well, there's a funny story in that, like, I definitely ran away from the first flight um, that they sent me and like ran to a hotel. But by that time, I'm like, charging the Uber. So I didn't have enough money to go to the hotel. And that was just a sign. So they call me one last time. They're like, if you get on this plane, like, we will get you another flight. Like, it's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, okay, I'm not really good at surrendering because I hold so much blame for myself. I I do it. So, Mm -hmm. like, somebody else is telling me it's okay. Like, it's not okay. And, like, I'm so to break my punishment for myself, I was just like, okay, just pretend like you're not you and go go be a clean person for like mm-hmm. five minutes. So a clean person would probably just be like, thank you for the help. Thank you so much. And go and accept the flight and go, mm. go and drink on the plane. Do what you want. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but go on the plane. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get on the plane. I've never been escorted off a flight in my life, um, but they did. I don't know what I was doing um, because I knocked out. I get to, I get to Florida and I just, I was like, you know what? Like, let's do it. And I just felt this huge, huge motivation to see what's on the other side. I was like, I know my, myself so sick really well. Like mm-hmm. I know my, I know this person, I know this like sad, like dark, isolated thing. Um, I want to know somebody different. Mm-hmm. And I just started getting into that. And they were like, I think Boston would be a fabulous place for you. And I was like, Oh, my God. Boston? <laughs> I have to go to... Oh, my God. What is that? What is that school? Um, the Performing Arts School. Jeez. Um, Carney, is it?
2: Berkeley? Berkeley? Berkeley. Jesus Christ. Yeah, there we go. Here we are,
1: Berkeley. <laughs> See, so long ago. I can't even remember. I was right. like, I'm going to audition for Berkeley. Amazing. And, like, I, I giggle, but, like, that's something that I do like about myself. It's, like, I, I always, like, build some some dream to where I'm going so I can feel like i'm there and like but i build hope i give myself hope a lot of times um to get excited about the unknown instead of Mm -hmm. fear it um that's kind of like a little trick of mine in my head um so when i came here it was (laughs) i started in in waltham am i saying that right
0: yeah it's one town over for me yeah absolutely
1: and i perfect i um I started there, I went to Onqual, I did the month and I was like, I'm gonna get a job, I'm gonna work at Urban Outfitters, like, this is great. Cause I really understood what it took to be great. I -hmm. understood I couldn't do, I understood. I was like, okay, just get a job, just like be fashionable, like care Mm -hmm. about yourself and like pretend like you care what everybody else is doing, great, Mm -hmm. Um, no problem. So, you know, there was like a a bit of like a a front um, a fakeness to me in probably the whole first year of My recovery and like, I, <laughs> I don't really care. Um, that's just what it is. It's just mm-hmm. that's how I sh- showed up. That's what I do. Um, that's what I did, and that's how I felt okay enough to like go share in a meeting to like go do these things. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I got to G and like society. Ha- well, I mean, G So I I meet Blaze at mm-hmm. G and that was kind of my. Um, my blessing. Um, I bawled my eyes out when I heard his story, and it was the first day of G and like I really finally connected with somebody who had my story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of just when I was like, okay, like you have no idea where this is going to take you, but like just just stay sober and do it, and like mm-hmm. go go for it for yourself. Um, so I got six months of sobriety the first time that I. Tried, um, mm-hmm. and my story. Do- I do have relapses. Like there's, there's been extensive sobriety, and then I drop it. But then I always like maybe a day or two. Literally a day or two after, I'm like right back in a meeting or rehab or or something because I'm like, I I just wanted to see if I missed it or I want to have control over those hotel rooms again. Mm Because, like, the knowledge that I learn in sobriety makes me think I can, like, go apply it back into, like, my addiction. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, like,
2: you know, hard. But um, G-BEC taught me to be authentic. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Just be authentic. I dare you to say the wrong thing. I dare you to not have a good day or not dress like it or not pretend like you... um, know what you're talking about because it's okay to say I don't know. It's mm-hmm. okay to say like what do you mean by that or ask questions or ask somebody else their opinion. I didn't grow up like that. I had to have the answers. And if I didn't have the answers, I would like manipulate you into thinking that I did. Mm-hmm. Um so it, was, it it broke down a lot of that. I mean, I still am sick, but um everything these past like 2 years have been have I mean, amazing. Yeah. Um, my best friend Andrew, like we're like this. Mm. And I I love him so much because like we just we started this from the beginning, like together. And now we're part of like this house and society house, and it's like amazing. Um and it's our <laughs> mother's like dream project. It's Blaze's like vision and like mm-hmm. we get to kind of be part of it and like that's one of the best feelings ever because like you're just you're just showing up and being yourself and yet you're like something to someone else you know yeah um and yeah I mean now I have a sponsor like I um I'm sharing at jaywalkers right now um I I love sobriety and then I Mm -hmm. hate it and then I love it and like I'll say it. You know what I mean? Like I recently like had an accident. I got hit by a truck. Like that was so tell I mean, it was just like, okay, are you going to use like, and I didn't thank God. Um, mm-hmm. That is, it's all about self proofs to me. You know, if mm-hmm. I can like do things for myself without like disciplining myself for it and like just mm-hmm. it's integrity. It's all about like what what do I do when people aren't watching and like what am I doing for myself? Because that's to me like true self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like what I value most of myself. That's what I'm defensive about with strangers. Like that's what I uh I value in, in my friends and my family and things like that. And um yeah it's it's all right. It's gonna be all right.
2: Yeah. I agree. You're doing great. That I mean
0: you've, you you've gone through I mean just following you like through that accident. I mean I that must have been one of the hardest most like stressful and test of your life. I can't even imagine.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean it, what do you
1: do when you think you die? Like sober. <laughs> like, mhm. Right. There's no yeah, there's kind of like no way that I can really wrap my head around it. I'm very glad to be alive i'm very glad like it's it's a broken leg that's it like really mm-hmm. um and like my heal time is insane um yeah i'm happy s- about that i'm happy it's um manageable it's
2: mm-hmm. manageable. yeah
0: for sure yeah. but still wild just wild just <laughs> wild i
1: know it's gonna i will that will i have bragging rights for the rest of my life
0: right i mean that that whole thing could probably be a whole episode in itself just <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes Yes.
0: crazy peripheral right yeah. man so um so now that you are sober and um mm. so what are some of the tools in your sobriety toolbox like you mentioned some of the meetings and stuff that you do and um, na therapy groups organizations any meditation what kind of stuff do you like do on a daily basis that keeps you sober
1: i always check my intentions like i wake up and i i'm like what do you you know what's going on i check mm-hmm. in with myself um i text my friends i'm like "Good morning good morning good morning and mm-hmm. i i mean i my days like now i mean i i'm home all the time i'm not working um things like that but i i do meditate i journal mm-hmm. i sing like that's like such an outlet for me just to kind of you know a flow state um but hairstyling is my passion like that is so part of my life right now where I lost it in my addiction and like Mm -hmm. I work with amazing girls like these girls are my life Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: they just they get it like and I've never felt more respected by people Mm -hmm. in my life um so they're a big part of my support network um yeah meetings and and I I like to eat (laughs) like
0: Yes, let's go. <laughs> I,
1: t- just good food. Just eat good food. Um, right. I think that's something that really makes me happy. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's the little things.
0: Yeah. There we go. Here for that. Mm. Um. So, who's your biggest supporter right now? You had mentioned a few people, but who, if you could pick one, would be your biggest supporter?
1: My biggest supporter, um, it would have to be Andrea because mm-hmm. that's my daily. That's my daily sister. That's my sister. Yeah. And I can vent to her. I can talk to her. I can grow with her. Um, I can cry with her. Like, um, uh, him. Oh my God, she's just Mexican. Nice um,
0: <laughs> I hear that.
1: And we live together. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that's my. I need I need him in my life, mm-hmm. and I love him so much. Um, and Blaze.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I know but they're yeah. two. They're two great guys, and I'm. I'm glad I know them as well. Yeah. So, um, let's see if you could give. One piece of advice to a newly sober person what would it be?
1: Mm. Meet everyone you can. Meet everyone you can the way you are that whatever like whatever emotions you're going through don't worry. Um just show up don't worry about dressing up.
0: I love that. Yeah. That's a good one. Excellent. So, this is one of the harder ones. Um I'm through my own sobriety, I definitely have made it extremely public and one of the things that happens because of that is a lot of messages on Instagram, Facebook, and various yeah. places, people asking me for advice on sobriety and not usually just for themselves but for other people. So it's it's heartbreaking for me sometimes because I have literally had people call or like text me or whatever from places be like, my brother, sister, mother, blah, 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 are in the middle of addiction, what do I do? So Mm. if you could give one piece of advice to someone who has a loved one that is currently in addiction,
2: what would you give? What advice would you give to that person? Mm. Get a
1: get an understanding of like addiction for yourself. I mean, whether that be Al Anon, whether that be a book, whether that be separate like your relationship with that person to the addiction Mm -hmm. because it's I think it's really hard when like you see like somebody you love um they're there you know what I mean they're still there um my I mean my biggest thing for that is just loyalty Mm -hmm. no matter what like just stay stay by their side you don't have to talk to them every day like you don't have to be their beacon of hope Mm-hmm. but that person knows like oh my god they were there the whole time i just didn't reach out or like you know yeah. you just keep
2: keep your i don't want to say keep your yes keep your distance but don't leave mm-hmm. unless you know it, it's affecting you mm-hmm. yeah know, kind of contradictory but
0: say so like kind of stay was... yeah like in the yeah, way i mean like yeah. Within, eye it, dude. Yeah. Like eye. Yeah. It. <laughs> exactly. Like stay close, but not so close so you're getting whacked. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Watch mm-hmm.
0: it. So as you as you know, I run an organization here in Boston called Sober Gay Sunday, and we do, yeah. you know, fun little events a few times a year. Um, and so if you could have one dream sober gay Sunday activity,
2: what would it be?
1: Camping. 100 percent camping, because I don't do that. <laughs> and I think it would just be so. I'm I'm getting hot chocolate and and, and thermoses and and I love the gear. That's fun.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, like fashion. I think it's it would a be fashion. so funny.
1: It's the fashion. It's it's right. the fires. It's it's the leaves. I wouldn't say the trees. The leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that would be so cool.
0: That's a good one. That's a good one. All right. So now, you know, we're kind of wrapping up this interview. So um, where can people find you on social media if they're looking to connect?
1: Fabulous. So I have my main account. um, That's uh, Nick Ramadan. um, And then my hair page, Hair by Nick Ramadan. um, That's NIK.
2: Yes, get
0: that right, people. Nik. So that'll yes. all be in the disc, in the uh, show notes, and so people will be able to find you and reach out and all that. So uh, I yes. want to thank you. This has been really great. I mean, you're one of my favorite people in the in this program. So I'm just oh, so happy so able to do this. Um, yes. And we hope to see you at future Sober Gay Sunday events once your leg is yes good to go. <laughs> yes, you know. Yes, Excellent. no, I love that. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so thank much you for coming. This is great. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Sober Gay Sunday podcast. Please feel free to like, subscribe, share, and comment. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Sober Gay Sunday. You can also email me directly at SoberGaySunday at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time, stay sober, guys.
2: short we play so fast to not say anything at all it's wasted breath you don't get back so make it anything but small small talking yeah.